I'm Matthew Schneeman. Welcome to At Night I Fly. I make a show with Spoon Jackson. He's been in prison for the past 42 years. He's a poet and a journalist. This show is about his poetry. Let's get to it. California State Prison to accept it. Say or dial five now. What's that? Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Hi, can you hear me, Spoon? Fuck. Technical difficulties. Say or dial five now. Hey, how are we doing? Can, can you hear me? What the hell wrong with that machine? Yeah, it reflected. Yeah, it reflected everything I was saying back to me. I just tried to call you earlier. Just a minute ago. Yeah. Something's happening. What, what did it feel like? Did you feel like you were going crazy? No. Crazy shit than that. <laughs> I, thought just, I thought it was a bag, some kind of connection to somebody. I don't know, these technology is fallible. You know, anything man makes is fallible and it can fuck up. Fallible and it can fuck up. Okay, at night I fly. This episode is all about birds. I get a tour of New York City's Wild Bird Fund, a bird rehab facility. In here we have a young uh, mute swan. He's just a year old and he's angry. And I get to talk to my grandma about birds. My grandson and he's gonna do a little thing on them. Spoon tells us about his grandma, Mama Willie, and his grandma's from the 1800s. All on today's At Night I Fly. Can we do another episode? When? Right now. Oh, I thought you were talking about another time. What? What episode? Uh, another episode of At Night I Fly, another poem. Whatever, you, whatever you're talking about, am I going to be spontaneous as long as you know that? <laughs> okay, welcome to At Night I Fly. No, I, ain't, I ain't got no script yet. Unscripted At Night I Fly. Uh, you're with me, Matthew Schneeman, and, um... And this is Spoon Jackson, who is proud to be a member of At Night I Fly. Yeah. Uh, I'd like for you to read the poem, Common Sight, which is a poem that has to do with birds, which I love, and you love oh, birds. I forgot, I forgot you wanted to read that poem. It's what okay. page? Page 28. Ah, Common Sight. That was when I was at CMC. And they had trees and everything out there, and I just hanging out with the birds. It was beautiful prison time. Prison is fucked up, but it, that was prison. And I said beautiful prison time. That just mean in the context of having to be incarcerated. It don't mean that it's lovely here, or that I love being here, that I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have 60 seconds remaining. Can't do anything. 60 seconds remaining. What else are you doing tonight? What you and Abby doing tonight? Um, I haven't seen her today. Um, I saw her this morning. Oh, 
so I think we so you, you put a little note in a in a in a purse. <laughs> no, I didn't. Say hello. I should. You start doing shit like that, man. You what the hell wrong with you? You love her, don't you? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm taking it for granted. Give her a little love note. Give her a little love note, something like that. Women are. <laughs> Say or dial five now. I'm coming sight. This afternoon, I watched a bunch of wrens, sparrows, blackbirds, and a few seagulls happier than usual at their daily lives. I looked closer and saw a water hose had been set out on the ground. Puddles were all over the place. The lower places in the grass, the birds no longer hungry for the food of this world. They danced. They play and splash as though they had discovered the secrets of eternal happiness. The beast in me unfolds. They turn their little head sideways to look up at me. I turn my head sideways to look up at them. I try to join them. They hesitate. I get down on one knee. I close my eyes to free the beast, to share their moment, to see through their eyes. Wave after wave of them flock away. The smallest birds linger the longest, needing the least amount of air to escape. There's only the inner circle of the birds left. I feel accepted until they pause, look, and flock away. We all gather here. There's enough water for all. Oh, I got stories about the birds. I got stories about birds too. I'd be feeding the birds. I remember I was at CMC. And the birds would follow me. And, you know, I would watch them. They had trees and things back then. And I'd be standing outside and the hawk would come. And, you know, the hawk would be hungry. Them birds, some of them like the little sparrow, they would come all the way into the room and get under the desk where I was working instead of staying out there taking a chance of being eaten by the hawk. They would come out and hang out with human beings. (laughs) It was funny. More than once that happened, so. Anyway, there was some homemade dart inside a bird's chest. Somebody had made a dart and shot it in his chest and took us a while, but me, you know, and a guard up there, we finally got the pigeon inside the uh, shower. Shower they use for when you have a fight on the yard or something. When they spray you down, you go into that shower, a little cage like a phone booth with a shower in it. Uh, we trapped him in there, we caught him and took the guard out. What were those showers used for? See, there's a, a metal shower, which is a cage, that they use to lock prisoners in there after a fight and let the water rinse all over them and get rid of the mace that they use. It, it's it's crazy because uh, when you go to, like, the beach, there's those little showers to, like, wash off the salt water and, like, sand. And so... Right on, got a, they don't have a cage around it. They don't have no metal cage where they can lock you in. Yeah. They take the handcuffs off you. Right? It's just, it's just spooky how similar it is, but the, the use, the function yeah. is so different. Oh, hell yeah. When I helped raise three families of geese up there in New Folsom, some kind of reason the, the, the mother and the father trusted me. I just, from my first time seeing geese, and they, and they, we've been on lockdown, so I come out and see these two 
Gosling. They were beautiful. I said, damn, look at them Gosling. And Seagulls was coming down like they were trying to snatch him. And that, like I said, that, man, that, 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 that father goose picked that sucker up and tossed him. So he had to be protected and everything. And I got to become part of the family. But they used to see me, they used to call me the goose whisperer up there. Because <laughs> other geese would come on the yard, and being a part of this geese family, we used to run and chase the other geese off, and they would trip out because I would run with that family of geese. As we can. Like I had wings. Spoon took care of birds in prison. I wanted to see how we take care of them on the outside. Hi. Sorry I'm a few minutes late. So Matthew, what do you want to cover? What? I wanted to see birds, see how you take care of them. Where am I? The Wild Bird Fund. It's on the Upper West Side in New York City. Rita McMahon, the director, gave me a tour. Yeah. My friend Spoon Jackson, who I'm doing this uh, project with, said that uh, the geese had some goslings, and so yes. um, he said that the geese would attack other birds and like other people when they would get close, but like Spoon hung out enough and like would play like a flute. You want me to play the flute for you? And I was uh, hanging out with them, playing the flute, and they would surround me just sit there. Oh, yeah. nice. And they do like music. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I mean, I've seen them respond to it, uh, a cardinal or a, a little kestrel falcon or whatever, and they like listening. And oh, okay. So certain, I can't, we haven't narrowed which ones they like the best. And we, we do classical for them, so anyway. We had a, which is a very sexy bird, a snowy owl who landed in Rikers and was hanging out in the yard. And he was there, I think, for a little while before he was picked up and brought to us. And I think a lot of people were guarding him to make sure he was okay. And I think they didn't want him taken away because he was so wonderful. Crows, ravens, arrows, black hawk, blackbirds, wren, turkey vultures now. In here we have a young uh, mute swan He's just a year old, and he's angry. He has not been here that long. Hi, sweetie. You need to get your bedding changed, yes. So this is just a youngster, but he has lead poisoning. How, does, um, how do birds get lead poisoning? The environment in New York City is quite toxic. Yeah. It really is in the soil, the water, the air. It's everywhere. Mm. But we gotta get you cleaned up a bit, sweetie. Can I slip that out from underneath you? Yeah, I can. Right. Okay, good. All right. All right. So down here is where most of the action takes place. And you see pigeons flying free. And they're free while their cage gets cleaned. For you. And then today, <laughs> yeah. right here is someone who will talk for you. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. little baby duck. My name is Desi. I'm Desi. And he was a, uh, he is a domestic duck. And he, as a joke or a prank, someone ordered him online and had him delivered to a friend. Which is a really sad thing that people think animals' lives are disposable. Wait, friend again. That was a joke. Yeah, that wasn't any joke to me. Last 
bullshit. Well, I hate that. That's, that's crazy. That's just unconscionable. I don't like that at all. So you see a bird lying on the sidewalk? It's a good idea. Pick it, hold the bird, and if the legs move, if you can move the legs easily, they're not stiff, it's alive. Put it in your pocket, warm them up. They run at 105 degrees. We're, we're not so hot. And so just even a summer's day, the sidewalk will be cooler, and it, they could lose their body temperature. Put it into a small room like a bathroom, close the door, let them rest in quiet and dark for maybe an hour, and then you might hear them scuttling around in that bag where you heard nothing before. And you can test fly him in that room if he flies around okay, turn off the light, catch him again, and put him outside in the park. And you will have saved someone who would have died, which is a good thing. Thanks again, Rita. Oh, very good, um, Matthew. Come back if you need to. Cool. All right? Cool. Thank you. Okay. Do you, do you feel like you connect with nature so much just because naturally that's how you are? You're kind of a quiet person that's always observed? Or do you think it has to do with you received such a harsh sentence by people that you just like to see life that isn't uh, humankind? Well, well, I don't know, a little bit of both probably, but I was to hang out under the house when I was a little kid because life was so crazy. And there was nothing but spiders and snakes and stuff under the house. I didn't care. I would hang out with the dog, the semi-wild dog, the dog he had that just roamed freed out in the desert and barf stuff because I felt, you know, not too close to the human. In order to stay grounded, I tried to connect with nature and feed the birds wherever I go. Do you have a copy of By Heart? Yeah, I got a copy. And I went and rummaged through things and found one. What, what section you want me to read? At least my mom and dad were not around. Okay. Okay, at least my mom and dad were not around for the home beating stung far worse than the pallings I got at school. Sometimes my dad caught me with an extension cord in the bathtub. An extension cord on a wet, naked body stings like a whip. Dogs, cats, coyotes, and other howlers would have envied how loudly I bellowed. When the beating was over, my skin was afire puffed up in places as though lashed with a whip. Other times when I thought I had gotten away with something, I lay sleeping in bed on the floor or on the couch only to be awakened by a water hose, tree branch, or extension cord. The only safe place was my spot under the house, a place only dogs, snakes, and spiders lived. I never went that far under, and I had to come out for food, school, church, and even, eventually, the whipping. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. This is my grandson, and he's going to do a little thing on them. I did a small piece with my grandma, and we're looking at some birds and watching birds. They're not hummingbirds. No, they're not hummingbirds. And I was just thinking about my grandma compared to your grandma, and just like how different their lives would have been. Yeah, my, yeah, my grandmother's life was connected with slavery. She had two things that was uh, deleterious to her existence back then because she was part black and part Indian. They're, they're just beautiful creatures. 
Most of the words are in here in pairs. Yeah, so that means she was born in like 1920, 1910 or something. That's so long ago. And so her mom... Yeah, would she have been alive at the during the Civil War? Would she have been born just right about then? Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Mom and dad had to be slaves or something. Hmm. And the name Jackson is a slave name from Jackson Plantations. I think uh, life and the beauty of the birds, it's, it's a great gift. Do you have any memories? Of seeing her standing in the door. And they used to call her Mama Willie, which was, you know, really cool. Especially the coloring of such a variety. Then during my meditation, I used to go hang out with the birds and for hours and hours. And just hang out with the birds. The yellow-breasted bird, the red bird, the... Yeah, I used to do that. And at San Quentin, it was cool. I'd be laying in front of the chapel. They had a little water in the little uh, front thing up in front of the interface chapel. Many pairs. And across from that is the adjustment center where they had a lot of people that was on death row. Sometimes new birth. Put out any eggs right now. This afternoon I watched a bunch of wrens, sparrows, blackbirds, and a few seagulls happier than usual at their daily lives. I looked closer and saw a water hose had been set out on the ground. Puddles were all over the place. The lower places in the grass, the birds no longer hungry for the food of this world. They dance, bathe, play, and splash as though they had discovered the secrets of eternal happiness. The beast in me unfolds. They turn their little head sideways to look up at me. I turn my head sideways to look up at them. I try to join them. They hesitate. I get down on one knee. I close my eyes to free the beast, to share their moment, to see through their eyes. Wave after wave of them flock away. The smallest birds linger the longest, needing the least amount of air to escape. There's only the inner circle of the birds left. I feel accepted until they pause, look, and flock away. We all gather here. There's enough water for all. But they do hatch there in their little nest. Mm. So it's always a lift to look at life, I think, to look at them. During the editing of this episode, my grandma fell and broke her arms and then in the following week and a half or so, her body declined and she died. You in Minnesota? Nope, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I went home for the funeral. She, she, she waiting there for your spirit. Saying, get your butt over here. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that helped was I, I was doing this episode and... I loved learning about Spoon's grandma. Uh, what would what, you call her? Mama Willie. Mama Willie. Mama Willie. And I loved uh, reflecting on my own grandma by doing this piece. Yeah, give her my silent love, too. Mm. Grandmas go to the same spot. They go to the same place with grandma. Yeah. They probably meet each other up there. 
I'm going to jump the gun. I'm planning on ending this series with a quote about death from Spoon's book that he reads and, and it's wonderful and that, that will be like the eighth episode. But now I'm going to do a truncated excerpt of the same quote. I will be released from prison one day by a beautiful real life or by a beautiful real death. In either case, I have found my niche in life, which is something not even death can take away. We have 60 seconds remaining. I think we can do a conclusion in the next 20 seconds before we get cut off. And what is the conclusion? Uh, thanks this for listening. There's always a beginning. Yeah, there's always a beginning. And thank you for listening. And may the force of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, no. We got cut off. Spoon's poetry book that we use for this show is called Longer Ago. His memoir, By Heart, is available through New Village Press. And the podcast that he works on, Uncuffed, is available where all podcasts are found. It's great. There's a petition on change.org for Spoon's life sentence to be reevaluated. And I'm Matthew Schneeman. I produced and did the music for this episode. Also, the footage of Spoon playing the flute comes from Mishka Saul's documentary Spoon.